Visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Hello and welcome to Radio Taiwan International. I am Natalie So. And up this hour, we have cultural visa everywhere and some beautiful music on Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. But first, join us for here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It's Wednesday, April 1st. And in the studio, we have Paula Chow. Hello. And I am Natalie. So April Fool's Day, huh? Yes. (laughs) And uh, we've got a lot of interesting news for you. Um, President Tsai reveals how much money she has. Also, the latest on masks in Taiwan. And what people are doing for a tomb sweeping day. And... How the National Palace Museum is social distancing. Those stories and more coming right up. Okay, so the tomb sweeping holiday is just around the corner. It's a four-day weekend beginning on Thursday. Traditionally, it's the time when people go to their ancestors' graves together with many family members to pay their respects. Um, Well, Paula, tell us what uh, news you have about the tomb sweeping holiday. Okay, um, Health Minister Chen Shizhong is calling on the public not, um, you know, sweep um, their ancestors' tombs all at the same time. Well, he said that he herself... he herself had already, you know, visited um, her ancestors' graveyard. However, because of the COVID-19 outbreak, he urged the public to uh, pay attention to personal hygiene and social distancing. You know, he said that the government uh, has suggested that if you stay indoors, um, you should keep a distance of 1.5 meters from each other. And outdoors, that is one meter. Oh, really? Yes. Outdoors, it's shorter. Outdoors is shorter. Okay. Indoor, especially in an enclosed uh, space, really? it's better to keep a distance of 1.5 meters. Is right. this part of the new social distancing guidelines well, that are the, coming out? Yes, the government has yet to, um, you know, introduce uh, guidelines to the public, but keeping the distance of 1.5 meters or one meter, that's what they have in mind. That seems like it's not that easy to do, though. That's not how we usually interact with people. Right. So that's that's quite a distance away, actually. But um, it does make sense. Uh, you know, they're also I- encouraging people to tomb sweep online. Has your family ever considered doing that? Um, no, it's not because we don't, um, you know, we don't want to do that online. But because um, I think I, because I, you know, I swept my... In-laws' um, tombs um, on Monday. That's because uh, you know I had a holiday. On, I had a day off on Monday, and my parents' tombs I did that um, three weeks ago. Oh wow! So you don't want to go there with a lot of people, right? You were way ahead of the crowds. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I mean, it's basically the idea is to beat the crowds, right? And, yes, and avoid the crowds and not create crowds. And give each other space so that we don't um, infect each other. Um, There actually is news, though, that some people are not too afraid of the crowds. Um, In Kanding, um, a lot of the hotels and bed and breakfasts are booked for the weekend. I mean, almost fully booked, 80 to 95% booked. 
villas, though, have especially become much more popular. Their occupancy rates have gone to double the usual because, you know, you got a lot more space in a villa. And they're also introducing uh, different kinds of routes that people can um, walk on uh, at, at the national park there. But uh, this trend is actually is a little bit worrying because I just had an interview with an epidemiologist, a professor at National Taiwan University's Public Health uh, College. And he, I, I mentioned to him, you know, it looks like Taiwan's doing not so bad because most of our cases have been imported in the past two weeks. But he says, but look, this weekend, a lot of people are going <laughs> on oh. holidays. And he said, we cannot uh, let up and be careless. Um, he said also, because there's so many people returning from abroad the past few weeks, um, we don't know that uh, their, fam- their family members have been infected or not. And people without symptoms could be walking around and then infect other people. So he said the next few weeks are actually very key here in Taiwan. So we have to continue to remain vigilant. Um, And when I asked him about the social distancing rules, like in Singapore, it is a very strict rule. You need to stay a meters away. If you don't, you could get fined or even Mm -hmm. jailed. And he said, of course, Taiwan's not going to go that far in terms of punishments. But he said that if you look at online at some of those videos about um, those high-definition cameras when people talk to each other, mm. actually, they will send air droplets to each other. Well, <sighs> within, I mean, a meter is, is very easy. I mean, even two meters. So he said, definitely, you should stay a meter away from each other. Um, wearing face masks, he says, is another great uh, layer of protection. So that's another way to keep a social distance. Because when you're talking, right, your droplets are not leaving your area. So, so he thinks, actually, that Taiwan, because people are wearing masks, um, it has helped a lot. And other countries have, who have begun to do so. Um, have also seen their infection rates get lower. Taiwan is a place full of voices, viewpoints, and stories. Hear them all here on Radio Taiwan International. Taiwan, straight from the source. subject of mass. Let's talk about mass. I mean, I think it's quite incredible that Taiwan has become a superpower in the industry of mass. Tell us more about that. Yes. Um, Premier Su Chang said that Taiwan used to make 1.8 million masks per day. Now Taiwan is able to make 13 million masks a day. That's a lot. That's almost 10 times as much. Right. And I think they are um, planning to go to 20 million a day. 20 million? Yes, wow. I saw that in the news the other day. And I saw something exciting for us is that beginning April 9th, we can buy nine masks at one time for uh, two weeks. For two weeks. We used to get um, three masks um, you know, one week. Right. right. So that's, that's, that's better. Plenty. That's a lot. Yeah, because... and then you don't have to line up as much. Just do it right. once every two weeks. So because people have been lining up in long lines and I mean, the masks have been great and Taiwan is doing so well. We can actually also, he said, um, mail some to relatives overseas. Mm. So because we're having more and more masks produced, we can have more for ourselves and a little leftover to give to other people as well. 
Well, if you don't go out I mean, um, on the weekend, if you stay at home, then you only need, um, you know, 10 masks um, every two weeks. And that's so true. That's right. a lot. Right. You know, one uh, lawmaker suggested that, you know, the government gives the public, gives everyone one mask per day. However, the premier said, um, the health ministry said, suggested that, you know, the government doesn't do that because, you know, sometimes people could be, you know, wasteful. Now, if it's too easy to get a mask, right. then they might like litter. I think there's yes. actually a major fine for littering masks. Oh, there, there is That's a, a very high yes. fine because um, masks actually are are dirty, right? They have uh, germs from from the, from everywhere. So it's not something that you, you want to see all over the ground, definitely. But I think uh, Taiwan, this is one of the ways that Taiwan has really uh, shined. Not only has the government provided lots of masks and have rationed them in a very fair way, um, but people are wearing them. People are cooperating to do what they can do to keep everybody safe. So the National Palace Museum is also going along with uh, social distancing. Um, it recently announced that they are limiting vis- visitors to the museum. So, you know, the museum used to be really crowded, especially when we had a lot of Chinese tourists. But now they're only allowing 100 visitors at a time to both of their branches. And that's um, because Taiwan's Central Epidemic Command Center has said that there should be no more indoor gatherings of more than 100 people and no more outdoor gatherings of more than 500 people. So they are also monitoring how close people stand to each other. So people will be asked to remain 1.5 meters apart. And so, um, you know, the tour groups are going to be much smaller and they've canceled all of their workshops and forums. Um, and actually, a, a lot less people have been going to the museum mm. uh, lately. So, But they do urge people to take advantage of their online virtual reality exhibitions. So you used to work there, right? Yes. You said 100 people at a time. That's just, you know. That's nothing, right? That's nothing, There's right. probably 1,000 before. Right. I mean, it's a really big museum. Right, the museum used to see thousands of visitors. Right. right. So, so 100 people, wow, that's just... They're, they're going to, like, lose money, that's for sure. <laughs> but it probably makes for a much better experience mm. going there, right? You have a lot more space and, uh, yeah. For popular exhibits, sometimes you can't even, you know, see the, the object. Really? Uh, the museum has... Two popular pieces. One is called jade cabbage, mm-hmm. and the other is also a jade um, piece. I think it looks like the shape of a pork. So those two pieces are extremely popular, <laughs> and people just you know stand right next to each other. You have to, you have to stay in layers, right? right. Circling around the mm-hmm. those objects that look like food. People. Right. <laughs> so one hundred people. That's nothing. Yeah. So, anyways, Taiwan is working in many ways. Um, and there's also a new trend among students, right? Can you tell us about that? Right. Um, because of the COVID-19 outbreak, uh, more and more students are interested in studying public health. That's according to um, that's according to a you know a, a news release a release by the National Taiwan University. 
Um, the NTU said that last year only 93 students showed their interest in, in studying public health. This year, over 1,300 students wow. said they want to study public health. That's wow. 14 times the figure That's last awesome. year. That's awesome. That's a lot. Right. That's, they said that's probably because of the COVID-19 outbreak that people find, well, public health is something that's really important. So that's just even, there are more students who are interested in studying public health than people who are interested in going to medical school or, or to study electrical engineering. Really? Right. Wow. So those are Taiwan's uh, formerly two top, you know, majors, right? Because mm-hmm. for electrical engineering, people go into the high-tech field and people love to be doctors. Yes. It's a very uh, prestigious and a very good career that's well-respected in Taiwan. But it's great to see people wanting to get into public health. So I was lucky enough to um, be able to talk with an epidemiologist um, just today, Mr. Professor Ling Xianhe from National Taiwan University. So I asked him um, how he thinks, you know, the world is going to do. And he, of course, he says he doesn't know. He doesn't have a crystal ball. But he said, you know, it's still possible for up to 60% of the world to be infected if we're not careful. That's scary it's really scary he Mm. said of course that's if you don't have any intervention in place but because of the nature of this virus um it's contagious when you don't have any symptoms Mm. and the average person will infect two or three people so that means it will multiply very quickly and he says well it might be here for a while you know it might never go away, kind of like the flu. It's, it might be something we have to deal with. And as for the current treatments, there have been some treatments with anti-malarial drugs in the U.S., which seem promising. But he said that they haven't been through clinical trials. Mm. And there have been some people who have actually uh, died, you know, after taking them. So you can't say that, you know, they are that promising yet when you don't have proof that they, they work for everyone. So there's still a long way to go in this fight against the coronavirus. I remember a few weeks ago, I spoke with him, and the world was very different at that time. I mean, there's hardly any cases in the U.S. and Europe. But now, look at those those areas. There are tons of cases. It's, and the, much of the world is already shut down. Right. I guess the only thing we can do right now is to... Wash your hands, um, wear a mask, and don't go out unless it's absolutely necessary. Right. So he said that Taiwan, I mean, I mean I, I've been watching, you know, every single day what kind of people are getting infected in Taiwan. And it's almost all people who have been abroad. There mm-hmm. are very few domestic transmissions. But he said that it is still possible that um, people who got the virus abroad infect people and they will infect people and this will go on uh, and it will lead to a major outbreak that we don't know of. So I think that's why the government is still moving forward with uh, stricter social distancing guidelines. They're going to come out soon, right? Yeah, in a day or two. So I think that, you know, they're going to start requiring, I think they should do it before the holiday, (laughs) right? (laughs) And um, they're going to start requiring people to stand like... 1.5 1.5 meters apart, I think, or a meter apart. At least, at least a meter apart. Yeah, in, in public places. So I know they're doing that um, in Singapore. They're regulating it very strictly. Right. The health minister said the government is not, is not planning to punish people, but he urged the public to self-discipline themselves. Right. So I think that um, I think people will, but we need to get in the habit, right? 
We still got a ways to go before we uh, to end this fight against COVID-19. Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Some news came out about President Tsai. Tell us about that. Well, President Tsai, like other elected officials, are required by Taiwan's Sunshine Law to disclose their assets and their savings. And according to the the latest you know, information released by Taiwan's Control Yuan, which is Taiwan's highest watchdog body, President Tsai has um, 48.7 million Taiwan dollars in savings, which that's equivalent to 1.6 million U.S. dollars. That's nice. Right. And she also has two no, two pieces of land, two lots she inherited from. I wonder um, where they are, though. That makes a big difference, right? They could be it's worth all in Taipei. million right. in Taipei. It's wow. all in Taipei. That's, you know. No, then it's worth a lot of money, more than yes. what her uh, savings account right. is worth. And, <laughs> you know, this um, this year she's not in debt, according to, you know, what I read in the newspaper. She's not in debt. And President Tsai also said um, she own the copyright of two books that she wrote. One book is about Taiwan's democracy, and the other book is her own uh, you know, autobiography. Wow. So, well, I guess she's doing pretty well for herself, huh? And that should give her a peace of mind to focus on her duties as president, right? Yes. <laughs> all right. So uh, that's all we have for you today on Here in Taiwan. Do stay tuned for Cultural Visa Everywhere and Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. For here in Taiwan, I'm Natalie So. And then Paula Chow. We'll see you next time. What do you know about Taiwan? I know who the president is. What about their local music and food? Well, hmm, what do you suggest? Tune in to Radio Taiwan International. Here at RTI, we offer the authentic Taiwan experience. You hear the sound of remote attractions, the local food, music, the lives of real Taiwanese as they live it. Visit english.rti.org.tw. Listen to the real Taiwan. is served. Join Andrew Ryan and Ellen Chu as they sample their way through Taiwan's culinary delights. Andrew, I thought we said no more intestines. <clears throat> That's on Feast Meets West.
every Saturday only on Radio Taiwan International. Radio for refined palates. Cultural visa everywhere. I am Auntie RTI. There is Taiwanese opera from Formosa, our beautiful island. There is opera from the Western world. Well, Auntie RTI adores Taiwan. She is cosmopolitan. With her historian-like knowledge, Auntie RTI likes to talk about stories from all over the world. Beauty and the Beast. Auntie RTI, what are you singing about? Oh, come on, Beauty and the Beast. Ah, Beauty and the Beast. By the way, this is a picture taken when I went to see a show on the ice by Disney. The story is very different from other fairy tales. Beauty and the Beast is about don't judge a person from his appearance. Mm. In Taiwan, we also have a love story with a person falling in love with an animal. It's from original tribe Rukai who were having peaceful life in Pingdong. Don't get too close to the ghost leg. Uh, why not? Chinese monks and rules the ghost leg. We, Rukai, would be the descendants of the Chinese monks. If we were too close to the ghost leg, it is rude to our ancestral spirit. Oh, I see. I will be picking herbs with Princess Balun. You may go home first. Sure. Excuse me. Uh, who, who are you? I am the king of Chinese Moxon. Oh, I, I am Princess Balan. This is their first encounter. They both felt strongly for each other and then fell in love. My lord, if you truly like me, you should propose according to the customs in my village to me. Of course, I will propose at your home. What is happening? Bon's mouth. Take a look. Uh, the, 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 the king of Chinese Marcuson brought many flowers for a marriage proposal. How can my daughter bother marry a serpent? Bon! What happened? I... I am in love with Adalio, the king of Chinese, my cousin. What? Calm down. We cannot offend the ancestral spirit. <sighs> Let him come. King of Chinese, Maxim. If you want to marry my daughter, I have but one condition. I need that azure stone as the dory. Uh, I say, no problem. Wow, azure stone. Sounds so romantic. Oh, romantic? That precious stone is protected by the sea god. King of Chinese Moccasin is a creature from the mountain. How can he search for that inside the sea? Princess Balloon's dad deliberately gave him a tough task. Hmm? What happened later? 
Based on that strong love from the king to Princess Balloon, after three years of hardships, Ada Leo finally brought the Azure Stone back. Princess Balloon's dad had to keep his promise. For generations to come, Lei protect the Rukai tribesmen. This story is really as enchanting as that of Beauty and the Beast.、Mm. Does it have a theme song? Of course, original songwriter Wang Hongan created a piece called "Princess Balloon" in his album. The honor of Aborigines Zhang Huimei was invited to sing together with him.、Mm. Auntie, you are so awesome! You really know everything. <laughs> all right, all right. Do not admire me too much. <laughs> <laughs> Was cultural visa everywhere by RTI. Explore the beauty of Chinese and Taiwanese traditional music on jade bells and bamboo pipes. And welcome to this week's Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. I'm Carlson Wong, and on today's show, listening to music performed by Taipei Chinese Orchestra. And the first piece is a classic that we're going to play for you. This is an old tune, and it's arranged by Zhu Xiaogu. The original composition is of a well-known traditional zither or zheng composition, and the melody that has undergone several rearrangements has made it quite popular. So now let's sit back, relax, and listen to singing at dusk aboard the fishing raft.
An old tune singing at dusk aboard the fishing raft, and it's also a classic. And coming up, we'll listen to another classic. This piece is entitled "The Illness Ode," composed by a famous composer Liu Tianhua. The Illness Ode was composed in 1915, the night before the May Fourth Movement. The composer had returned to. Jiang Yin, sick and unemployed in a compromising situation in which he wrote the composition, and this music tends to ease the sorrow and anxiety. The composition echoes what one is to do; hence, is also called the ease.
This is Radio Taiwan International. RTI, exercise for your mind. And again, you're listening to Jet Bells and Bamboo Pipes. I'm Carlson Wong. Today, we feature music performed by Taipei Chinese Orchestra. This orchestra was founded in 1979 in Taipei City, and it became the first professional Chinese orchestra in Taiwan. The album that you're hearing today is conducted by a very famous conductor, composer, and pipa soloist, Wang Qingping, who was born in Hangzhou, Zhejiang, and he obtained his BA from Taiwan University and has performed in many different countries in the world, and all his performances have won wide acclaim. This is another classic you're hearing, an old tune, and is arranged by Peng Xiu Wen. This is the moon high above, and if you're a regular listener of Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes, I'm sure that this tune is not new to you. It's a rearranged composition derived from the moon high above as part of the Hua School's Pipa scores, and is also known as the Qifon Dance. 
It is a musical composition that depicts the scenes of the setting sun and the moonlight. The music encompasses scenes of tumbling waters and trickling streams, and their pristine garden scenes and the open plateau scenes. Their scenes of lonesome river banks and their scenes of pagoda amid overlapping citadels, amid the soaring night sky. Accentuated with sparkling stars, the moon glides slowly across the Milky Way, projecting in people's mind a sense of how beautiful the natural scenes are and how majestic the motherland is. Have enjoyed listening to some old tunes performed by Taipei Chinese Orchestra. Thank you for listening. For comments and suggestions, please write to PO Box One Two Three Dash One Nine Nine Taipei Taiwan, or better yet, you can write an email to us. Our email address is rti at rti dot org dot tw. And again, RTI is short for Radio Taiwan International. Once again, thank you for your company. I'm Carlson Wong, and I'll see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. Thank you.